welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. It's Jessica. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend an hour with us on the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I hope this episode really invigorates you and inspires you to take better care of yourself and prioritize your health and wellness. Today, I'm speaking with Emily Nelson. Emily is one of the founders of High Fitness, a fitness phenomenon that is taking Utah and now many other places by storm with this energetic, aerobic-style workout that is updated inspirational and just exudes positivity and that is exactly the sentiment that I get every time I see Emily Nelson. Emily is an incredible extraordinary mom of two little girls and just overall a champion of women. She wants people to believe in themselves and she really preaches the message of cheering each other on instead of competition. I love that so much and so today we're going to talk about her motherhood journey her journey with health and fitness and wellness, body image, and what she hopes to convey through her high fitness classes. She's just awesome. You're going to love hearing this hour with Emily. So let's get to it with Emily Nelson. All right. I'm excited to talk with Emily today. Hey, Emily. Hey, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Fabulous. It's freezing cold here in Utah. It is blazing hot in Southern California. You were just here, so you know that. I was just here and I'm there and I'm thinking after being there twice in two weeks that I'm in the wrong place. You just belong. Back there. You just I belong know. here. I'm a local now. I know. You really are. You know the way around. Yeah. Uh, Southern California is great when it's not on fire. So. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's it's true. been tough, but I'm really looking forward to chatting about motherhood and high fitness and all the things with you today. So will you just give a little background on yourself for people that don't know who you are? Yes. Um, my name is Emily Nelson and I am one of the half of um, High Fitness, my business partner and I, Amber Zenith, we created um, High Fitness, which I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into what that is later, but mm-hmm. um, we're the co-owners and creators, and I'm also, most importantly, a wife and a mother to two little girls. Um, they will be turning eight and four this year, and I'm not happy about it. I, I told my daughter yesterday, we don't like four-year-olds, we only take three-year-olds, <laughs> so um, I'm the youngest of five kids in my family, so I'm the baby, and I like it that way when I was growing up, and I have three sisters and one brother, and we trained him very right. <laughs> his, his wife thinks this later, I bet. I'm just a very passionate person. I never, um, I never dreamed that I would be an entrepreneur and that I would start a company, you know? Uh-huh. That was kind of my husband's dream, and here we are three years in after creating High Fitness, and, and I'm a working, full-time working mom and mom and business owner all in one. So I don't sleep a lot, but luckily I don't require a lot of sleep. So <laughs> so it suits you very well. So be- it does. So before you got really into, you know, the, the entrepreneurial word, world, what were you really passionate about? Like as you were growing up, like what did you envision your grown-up life was going to look like? 
Yeah, so I grew up dancing my whole life. Okay. So that part of it was a huge part of me. My whole life, that's what I did. I was on the dance teams. I was on the drill team, you know, everything with that. I attended BYU where I graduated in broadcast journalism. So I should be okay at this, I guess, (laughs) Um, which was an amazing, I love it so much. I do, but I always say I use my degree every single day because every time I'm teaching, I'm performing. And I'm sure. in front of a group and I'm having to captivate them. So I'm mm-hmm. like, it didn't go to waste, although I wish I would have gotten a business degree as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so I graduated from college in broadcast journalism and I decided to take a marketing job with, um, uh, sorry, I can't think of the word now. It was an indoor football league, AFL. Uh-huh. Um, and I did marketing and sports, um, so sports marketing and advertising for them. And I chose not to go into broadcast journalism because I know a lot of times if you want to be on camera, you have to move away to like a small town and then come back. You know, you have to work your way up. And I thought, you know, I just want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be a mom. So I don't want to go put all this time in to then quit. So I was like, I'll just work this really fun marketing job, you know, get my husband through school and then we'll have our babies. Well, um, three, okay, so in 2006 and, no, 2007, I'm the worst with dates, but I got married in 2006, so 2007, my husband got offered a job in Calgary, um, Canada, and here we are, young married, and we're like, uh, why not? So we totally moved up to Canada, took the job, and that's really kind of the beginning of this story, but what I will say is when I moved up there, you know, slowly we've been married about, when we were married about three years, like, okay, time to have, you know, start thinking about having a baby, and so I just thought, you know, at the time I had started certified in all these fitness formats, because that was always my dream. When I was moving to Canada, I said to my mom, after working 80-hour weeks, I said, mom, I'm going to be a fitness instructor, and she's like, that's not a real job, and now I look at her, and I'm like, Mom, what do you think about what it now? What do you now? say do you now? Think it's a yeah. real job? <laughs> but I did. I totally moved up to Canada and started working at a gym and just pursued that side of it because I'd always been a dancer and I loved fitness. I was always running marathons and races before, so I was like, I it's my perfect storm for me to be mm-hmm. able to perform and do fitness, which is like it's like my if you've ever seen me teach like I my passion, I hope it exudes because it's like my perfect storm. It so I'm definitely does. with the right per in the right career for myself. But Absolutely. I thought once I had um, kids that I would just, you know, teach on the side. It's the perfect mom job. You know, they get the daycare for free when you go teach and then move on. But it evolved obviously into much more. So that's kind of my <laughs> background of where I thought I would be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I ever like planned out my life. I wasn't the type that was like, I'm going to have this many kids this far apart. i am always been a more go with the flow mm-hmm. type personality, which is a good thing because having babies for me is not very easy. So I'm glad that I go with the flow and don't, you know, freak out. Hey everybody, it's Jessica. Sorry to interrupt this awesome conversation with Emily, but if you're like me, you're thinking you have fitness on the mind, right? And you're thinking, I'd love to get to a high fitness class, but I don't live near any of those. Well, I have a solution for you. Our sponsor today is Daily Burn. Dailyburn.com is the perfect online platform for accessing all kinds of fitness resources, fitness videos to accommodate you right from the comfort of your own home. So when you become a member of dailyburn.com, you have access to thousands of videos at every level in lots of different areas. So whether you're a yoga person like me, Pilates, kickboxing, cardio, 
it's all there. I know that whenever I sign up for a gym, in the very beginning, I'm super pumped and I'm going all the time and then I burn out because I don't want to load the kids in the car and it's too cold and it's not a good time and all these things. This is the perfect solution for you to do from the comfort of your own home. And the exciting thing is Daily Burn wants to give you a free 60-day trial. That is 30 days more than their normal 30-day trial. So for just for Extraordinary Moms podcast listeners, this is what you do. Go to dailyburn.com slash EMP for Extraordinary Moms podcast. For 60 days free, it's dailyburn.com slash EMP to start your free 60-day trial. You can also find this link over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. I'll link it over there in case you are busy multitasking, (laughs) like I'm sure many of you are. So thank you so much, Daily Burn, for sponsoring this podcast and making it possible for moms and women everywhere to get fit in their very own homes. All right, let's get back to it with Emily Nelson. Well, and what I love about this story is that you really just found a way to combine your passions and what you really enjoy doing. So whether or not high fitness actually had stayed small or was a couple classes or whatever, chances are you probably would have been very happy doing that as well because you were ultimately just doing what you love. And I'm sure there's people listening that are thinking, well, I really love fill in the blank cooking or whatever. You don't have to be a full-blown food blogger or cookbook author. Like you can just invite people into your home and feed them well. And that is using your gifts and talents and passions in a way that is serving the world just in the same way that, yes, yours is on a bigger scale now, but the scale doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember I – so I taught fitness for about eight to ten years before we actually started High Fitness, uh-huh. and I taught every format out there, and I loved it. Like, I loved it so much, and people could feel that from me, and it was. I was able to share my talents, and I made no money. I mean, I always yeah. say, if you're going into fitness for the money, turn around. Like, when I'm doing all my <laughs> instructor trainings, like, I did it because for me as a mother, it was my time, mm-hmm. and I got to be with like-minded people who just were there to release, and, you know, I call it my Prozac, just to sweat yeah. for me and get those endorphins. And it's so powerful when we can connect just a little bit outside the home or even if we're sometimes working out with our kids running around us, but that adult interaction. And I could have been completely content with that forever. Mm -hmm. Like you said, keeping it on a small scale. And I always tell people, I'm like, find your strengths, find your passion and run with it. Mm -hmm. Throw away everything else that you're not so good at, that you're trying so hard to be good at, just like put it away. Let someone else be good at that and just go with what you're good at. And when I came to that mentality, I lost like a hundred pounds of, of guilt weight or stuff that were weighing me down. And I think that's so important because as women, especially as mothers, we're trying to do so much that if we're bogged down with, I should be doing this, I should be really good at this. It's, it's just not worth it. It really isn't. Well, totally. And I see that even when moms are signing up on the class sign-up sheet and they're like, oh, I just have to pick up cupcakes from the store instead of homemaking them. It, nobody cares. It does not matter. If you want to homemake them and that brings you joy, make those cupcakes. But if you can buy them at the store and that's fine for you, then that's fine too. That expectation of, you know, we have to do the full-blown birthday party or the cupcakes from scratch or whatever it is, you don't have to do like full-blown everything all the way just replace the cupcake baking time with what you are passionate about and you'll be so much more fulfilled yeah Mm -hmm. 100 percent. I love that so much and I feel like as you get a little bit older that's a little bit easier to latch on to 
Um, but I just like, this is such a funny thing, but it works for, I've, I talked on a podcast one time about my husband and I's different relationship because we're not like, we're not your typical husband and wife as far as like our, our roles as mother, father and whatever, uh-huh. you know, the atypical roles. But, um, I don't like to cook. I know mm. I like to cook myself, like my lunches and like little things, but like extravagant meals, yeah. I just don't enjoy it. I really don't. And I'm like, okay, but I would try and try for years. Well, my husband, he loves to cook. And about a year ago, when I'm just in the depths of creating high fitness and working my tell off, I finally was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not going to cook dinner you anymore. Cook. <laughs> you're going to come home and you're going to, and it has literally been life changing. I mean, I do occasionally, I won't say never. And of course yeah. I make some, but he loves it. He comes home, he throws on that apron and kind of takes over why I've been with the kids and I can focus elsewhere. And I will tell you, it's take, it's been such like a, a release and it's made me let go of those expectations that allows me to be better at the things I'm good at. And isn't it crazy that you held on to that for so long, so much longer than you needed to? So long. I know. Why do we do that? And people give me a hard time with it. Like my sister will say, I can't believe your husband does that. And you start to feel guilty. I'm like, yeah, actually he does. Yes. And then I'm like, nope, let's turn that around. Yes. And think of all the things that you are contributing to your family. You're not sitting on the couch, you know, flipping channels. You're you're contributing in other ways. I'm going to sit down during the middle of the day. Totally. So will you tell me about motherhood for you? Let's go back to early motherhood when you just had your first little baby. Was it what you thought it would be? What were kind of the best and hardest parts? My first pregnancy, I was deathly ill. Like, so sick. And I was in Canada. So I'm alone. We have no, I did have an aunt and uncle up there, which was life saving. But I had nobody. And my my family still jokes that when I call them, like before I told them I was pregnant, they knew because they they could hear the sickness through the phone. (laughs) Right. Um, So we call my daughter, my first daughter. She's, um, she's been the boss since she was inside me. She made me (laughs) sick. And so she came a week late, overdue. Uh-huh. Of um, course. Because in Canada they don't induce you for quite some time. So mm. I held it out. And um I do have great labor, so I can't complain about that. But she was a tiny little nugget, about six I think six something. I should know that I know, but um and she was hard. I was all alone in Canada. I mean, you know, you have your family there for the first little bit and my family all left and I remember that anxiety setting in because she did not sleep. She would scream all night and I was like, "Ah." so I always joke that I slept sitting up for the first six months of her life because basically I would just like hold her, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but she, she had colic and then she started teething at three months and, um, not fair. did not sleep. We, we still joke with her because she's going to be eight years old. And she is still the hardest kid to put to sleep. And my second daughter literally goes, I'm tired. I'm going to go put myself to sleep. I mean, <laughs> night and day. So we still joke that she's the worst sleeper. But yeah. um, she didn't sleep. And so I tried, like, the sleep training books, like, every single one. And it just made me miserable. That's one thing I'm like, if I ever have a bad sleeper again, I'm just going to, like, roll with it and have them sleep on my chest and my bed. I don't right, care. Like, right. I'm not going to force it. She would um, throw up, like, 
so she would make herself throw up. So she would cry until she'd make herself throw up. And later that continued, she gets a bit of anxiety throw up. So anytime we'd have a babysitter, we'd get called home because she threw up. (laughs) I'm like, so I'm like, I love you dearly. But honestly, it was she and I up there. I mean, I had great friends that were there and um, my husband was working and, and it was, it was different. That's for sure. Like being, when I had my second child, I was back in the States in Utah, mm-hmm. surrounded by family, and she was an easy baby. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is totally different. But looking back on it um, after the fact, which I think a lot of people say about postpartum depression, I didn't know I had it until looking back, things mm-hmm. like that. I for sure had anxiety. I didn't have postpartum depression. I'm a pretty peppy person, but that anxiety, like I would have anxiety you know, it'd start to get dark it's outside and that anxiety would, or any nap time because it was just so hard. She yeah. didn't sleep, but I did teach fitness like through it all. Like as soon as I was six weeks postpartum, I was back teaching fitness and I think it helped so much, you know, just being right. able to get out for a little bit. And at that point, you know, it was just merely recre- recreational and just getting out for like an hour and then I'd come home. But it was it was hard, but I feel like when you're a first time parent, you don't really know any different. Right. So I'm like, okay, you know, you just do what you do. And then looking at my second one, I'm like, oh, okay, that was that was pretty rough. Okay. No, until you have that hindsight, and especially that second child, to have that comparison, like you said, you don't even realize what what was going on. You were just trying to survive, and I had a very hard first child as well, so I completely empathize. And it did make me nervous, like, okay, when we bring the next one. I don't, I'm going to drown. Like, how am I going to even do this? Were you mm-hmm. afraid almost to go through it yes, again? I did. I waited a long time. Mm-hmm. I definitely need, and especially because the pregnancy was so difficult sure, as well. Sure. I was, I was really scared, but, um, so my first daughter took me about just six months of trying, not anything crazy. Mm-hmm. So the second time I already waited like a quite a long time. And then we started trying for about a year. Um, and then went on some fertility meds and I ended up getting pregnant and then miscarrying at about 15 weeks. Mm. So I was quite far along. So that was, that was kind of difficult. And then another six months later got pregnant with my now daughter, Andy. So we have a four year gap Mm -hmm. and I just try to look at the positives of that. You know, I thought there would be no fighting though. Four (laughs) years apart. Come on. Oh, they still fight by the way. You know how kids like when they're close in age. Oh, they. I'm like, you guys aren't supposed to fight. You're too far apart. Well, they still bicker. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I feel like I prepared myself a little bit. Well, first of all, I was around family. That helps. But I knew one of my triggers for anxiety when I have a brand new baby is being alone. I don't like to be alone. Hmm. So, so like, I don't necessarily need anyone's help. I mean, it's a newborn baby. It's not that hard, you know, because then they were mm-hmm. four years apart. It's not like I had another baby, but. I knew that I don't like to be alone. And so my mom would just come and hang out with me during the days or what, you know, yeah. something about that. And I think when you can witness like those triggers, it really helps. Absolutely. That is huge. And so many people, when you're thinking of it in the thick of it, you can't see what it is. You can't identify those triggers. So it was so smart of you to use your previous experience to educate you on your next experience and just have somebody around you. That is yeah. that's huge. And that could be true for anything, postpartum or not. You know, uh-huh. what are the things that make you comfortable and just alleviate that stress? Because we all have stressor points, whether it yes. elevates to anxiety or not. Um, I experience some of the same things as well. And so 
as somebody in the fitness industry and having a body that looks a certain way and having fitness goals and what did your changing pregnant body and postpartum body, how did that play into how you viewed yourself and how much pressure you put on yourself to look a certain way or, or did that play into it for you? Um, yes. I mean, I think as a woman, it's always hard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say being in Canada was kind of nice. Layers, <laughs> layers. Know, yeah. about just being away <laughs> from it all. But, um, so I taught my whole, pre- I, both my pregnancies, I taught the whole time. So you like, had a very healthy, like, I'm, yeah, I'm very lucky program. even when, mm-hmm. and it was actually, I think it's a blessing because even when I was so, so sick, when I had to teach a class, like you have to be there. And so you would show up and it would end up making you feel better. And then I'd like throw up before class in a garbage can and after, but here I was teaching the whole pregnancy. Wow. I was so sick and I gained like 45 pounds. I mean, it didn't do anything, right? Mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. think, I just want women to know, like, do not beat yourself up. You can, you know, work out the whole time, eat, throw up, whatever, you know, be sick. And your body's going to do what it's going to do. I you know, agree. you can be mm-hmm. healthy, and but it is what it is. And so I definitely gained a lot of weight. And I, you know, I just tried to find exercise clothes that were the most flattering. You know, I guess that's all you can do as a woman, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was hard. I mean, that was the first time you're putting on weight like that, you know, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, am I going to be able to get this off? Or you have these intentions. I remember thinking this, you know how you see those people that just have a belly, Yep. you know, and you're <laughs> like, I'm going to be like that. Like, I'm going to do that. And then you're like, oh wait, that's not me. And I think that we just need to let go of like those expectations. I now know that my butt gets bigger than my belly and that's okay. (laughs) I have a super long torso. So I do not look pregnant until I'm about seven, eight months. I'm not joking. People will be like with my, my second one at my church, people are like, Oh, you're having a baby. I'm like, Oh yeah. In two weeks. Like my belly is just not very big, but you know, sometimes my bum gets bigger than my belly, but um, (laughs) I don't know. Like it was, it was hard, but I will say, I when I was reading through some of the stuff we were going to talk about, I remember after I had my first child. So I did, um, growing up, um, battle some disordered eating. And in my end of high school into college, I really struggled. And um, I was lucky enough to come out of that and, you know, get a healthier mindset and so that I could be married and have children, which I think is really important. I remember when I was struggling in college. I looked at myself and I thought, I want to be a wife and I want to be a mother. And this is the most selfish, like disease. Mm. Like I have to like get out of this or it's not going to work. So luckily that was prior to meeting my husband. So I was able to, you know, give my love and give myself. But um, I remember thinking, you know, here I am not, not in tip top shape, but I feel lucky enough that because I do teach, I got thrown back into it. Yeah. I don't, you know, I didn't look my best and I definitely was not my most fit. Um, but you have, you start to realize nobody cares. No, they really don't No, Honestly, we are our hardest critics and, um, and everyone's like, you look great. You just had a baby and it's just slow and steady. And I remember thinking about six months after my first baby, you know, I definitely wasn't at like my top shape. And I remember thinking, I feel like the best, like about my body, like self-confidence wise mm. and like contentness that I ever have before. Mm. And I found that so interesting, you right. know, and I, and I think that comes with maturity and just like 
um, realizing like, wow, my body did that, you know, and look what I can do. I did gain that weight and I'm slowly getting it off and I can do that, you know, and I can work hard. I mean, it's not easy. Right. And, and I can work hard, but I definitely think that's ebbed and flowed like over the years, you know, of, of up and downs because I've definitely like my second pregnancy, I didn't gain as much weight. And I don't know if it was because I wasn't as sick or what. I think my body like hoarded it when I was more sick. Mm. But, um, but you know, I feel like you still have those stubborn at the end. And I remember teaching after my second baby and we, in a certain format, I would face the crowd or face the mirror. And I remember thinking, I do not want to face the mirror. Like, <laughs> right. Cause I would just look at myself and start picking myself apart. Cause I, you know, mm. I was like two months postpartum which right. you should be, so you know, early. not looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, I don't want to face the mirror. And so that was like my weapon. Like I'm going to go in there and leave it all behind me. You mm. know what I mean? And just teach everybody. And I think it's, um, just, I don't know. It's definitely a mindset you have to come in your head. And as women, we're so hard on ourselves, but I will say that I, I think having kids is just such an amazing thing and that we're blessed to, you know, I'm blessed to even have children that some people aren't. And I also think it's cool to see what you can do, like what your body can do mm-hmm. and through hard work, like how rewarding is that when you're like work really hard and start to see that progress? Like, well, you know, I have so many friends that have had five or six kids and it's like, and, you know, when I'm fresh postpartum and they've already had their five kids and they're, like, done. You know, right, they're, like, I right. can stay this way. And they're looking at you and they're, like, you think I'm the only person dealing with this right now, feeling right. so, you know, like, you're – I always say right after you have a baby, you're you inside, like, of like not like a fat suit. I almost say fat suit, but you kind of, like, you're, like, is this my body? It right. feels foreign. Yeah, it it's like an out-of-body experience. It is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you're like kind of like, this is so weird. Like everything from like breastfeeding boobs to like, you know what I mean? You're just like, is this my body? Like, it's like attachments. Just like, yes. Like these are just attached to me. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what we need to look at is, is, is like, you know, you want to feel comfortable in your own skin. Mm. So I don't think it should be about looking a certain way, um, fitting into this mold because there's so many different body types, but it's more like, what, what can I do to feel healthy and strong and to feel comfortable in my skin? Mm. Because I, I, I think that's the biggest feeling you feel as a new mom when you're going through those body changes is I, I, I don't feel like it's me. Like I know mm. I'm somewhere in there and that's, and also letting go of what you used to be. Because yes. sometimes it's not, it's not going to, it's never going to be the same. Yeah. And it may even be better in a different way. Absolutely. And it sounds Mm -hmm. so much like the mental component paired with the physical. Mm -hmm. This working out for you is, you said, your Prozac, not your weight loss pill. You know, like you were, you were viewing it as your release, as your, as your high, as your ability to just feel powerful instead of feeling like I'm doing this to punish myself for what I ate or punish myself for not being skinny enough or whatever it is. When, when we view why we're exercising in a positive light and it's for our good, not for our punishment, it's a game changer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I really, I think it's really interesting that you use the term disordered eating because this is coming out the last week of January. The week previous, Chanel Nielsen was on the show and she talked about 
And I said, oh, you had an eating disorder. Um, Tell me about that. And she's like, well, actually, I don't call it an eating disorder. I say disordered eating. And I said, oh, well, tell me about that. And she goes on to explain that what what a messed up priority system she had with how much she focused on food. And that's why she calls it Mm -hmm. disordered eating. And I just thought, that's it. Like, what is the Mm -hmm. focus we're putting on how much we're scrutinizing what we're eating and how much we're scrutinizing our body. If those things are out of whack with what you truly value, it is disordered. And so it's interesting you use that term because she did as well. And now I've started thinking of it in that way. And I think we've all struggled with disordered thinking and things in our life, whether it's food or fitness or, you know, other unproductive and unhealthy things. I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I I definitely think – yeah, it's a good it's a good word for it because mm-hmm. I don't think someone necessarily has to have a full blown eating disorder sure. to battle those demons of the disordered eating or mm-hmm. you know exercise addictions or whatever. Yeah. But and I want to make it known that I think we ebb and flow in sure. when we're doing really good, you know, with this body image and how we view ourselves and things and then getting caught in those traps a little bit of where it becomes too much of a priority or too much focus on it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think it's unrealistic to say that we're always going to be like, oh, I'm awesome. And I look great because I think there are times when it's just hard, you know, sure. being a woman. Um, but I think if we, if we really realize like how amazing and capable our bodies are and focus on being healthy and strong and what really matters like I think it that's the the main goal here you know as mothers and and examples for our children Oh, which is huge. Absolutely. (laughs) And and when we're showing them it's just self-love self-love all the time we just love our bodies but not showing them the struggle is real because they'll come against that struggle. And what happens when they look in the mirror and they start scrutinizing, they're not going to have any coping mechanisms to do something with that, you know? And so it's important, yes, to preach self-love and body image appreciation and everything, but also realize like these thoughts are natural as well to, to criticize and scrutinize. But then what do you do with that and teaching our kids that and implementing that ourselves and modeling it. Yeah. And so to me, that is what high fitness is. It's not just a workout class. Tell me about the mission behind high fitness. Why do you think so many people love it and come back? And I did a class with you in right before Thanksgiving. Yes, and I'm so glad I, we got to meet you. I person. am too. I am too. And it was hard. And you said the first time's the worst. I'm like, yes, but like I was smiling. Like I was sweating and my chest is burning. And I'm like, gosh, my arms, like, can I keep them up the rest of the song? I don't really know. But I did. And I and your smile just connected with mine so much. And I just felt so good about it. So why do you think people keep coming back? Okay, so when my business partner, Amber, approached me about doing high fitness, I was in that state of mind where we talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast. Um, I was teaching my classes I in my little area, my county, um, and my and just content, right? I right. had tons of people in my classes. They were full, whatever. And she kind of came to me, and we because over the years, we as I went to Canada back to visit, and vice versa, we would swap routines. We would come up with ideas. And I have a complete dancer background. She has zero. Okay, so it's like the interesting. And, the mm-hmm. and so I would give her routines, and then she would kind of dumb them down, like 
take out the dampenum. And she started to say to me, she's like, I definitely don't think like, she goes, I know these like big names in fitness draw people in because they're so popular. She said, but I also feel like sometimes they hear a certain workout class and they immediately throw up a wall. Nope, I don't do that. Mm. Like, because they've heard so much about it or they just, they just don't give it a try. And she's like, I really think like I want to start my own thing and like I want you to do it with me and because we've been passing back these you know ideas of what we would create and I was like oh well you know I'm nine months pregnant so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> like I really was I was like ah. so we, I kind of just stayed in contact and she actually was the one who came up with the name so high fitness it's and amazing she said it she said it came to her like a lightning bolt, which is just perfect. And honestly, it's the best name. It's the best name to describe it, it. Like, she's a marketing genius as far as, like, her, like, ideas like that. Like, I give all credit to her. Um, and so a little while later, um, we met back up. I came to Canada, and she was like, you know, I've been teaching these classes, and people just love it because we've dumbed down, like, the choreography. And she said, I really, like, want you to come on because we'd kind of been working on it together with the formula. And so she said, I really want you to come on to like make this something like a business, you know, like there's some about doing something on your own just for fun. Right. And then like taking it to the next level. And, um, so I was like, Ugh, I have a six month old. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, okay. You know, like, you know, and I just, um, so I prayed about it and it was, there was like no doubt in my mind like none whatsoever that this was what I was supposed to do. And I have to come back to that a lot because it is hard and I get pulled away from my family a ton. And I think like, Oh, like, am I doing the right thing? And then I hear stories about people's lives I've changed Mm -hmm. and just them coming out of postpartum depression and how they brought together as women. And, and I'm like, you know, there can, there can be two plans for us, you know? Like I am a mother and my children come first, but it's okay that right now I'm being taken out of the home, you know, to travel a little bit, things like that. But Mm -hmm. so we, uh, so once we decided that I was on, I mean, there was no stopping us. It was guns a blazing. Let's do this. And people always say like, did you think it would get this big or this popular? And I always say, yes, like question mark, because I don't think I would have given I mean, we put everything into it and like mm-hmm. we gave our all thinking like this will succeed. Like there was nothing in the back of our minds that we're like, we're going to fail. We'll give this a try and we'll fail. Cause I don't mm. think you can go into something like that. Mm. Right. So we just literally, I came back home. I told my bosses at my gym, I will be teaching these other classes anymore, but I will be teaching a class called high fitness that I created with my friend. And so you're going to let me do this. Cause I have a lot of followers. So <laughs> Get on board. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I like switched out one of my classes at the gym and then just started teaching them on my own. And I just like, I would travel super far, like, like not super far, but I mean like into Salt Lake, like drive a half an hour. And I told my cousin, if you get me five people in Salt Lake, I'll come teach a class out there. Cause they were all driving 30 minutes to my wow. class in Bannimal. And so she got five people out there and then the next week there were 10 and the next week there were 20 and then 50 and then 60. And then we could fit in the rooms and because it just really resonated with Mm -hmm. people. We realized we were at, there was a a crux in the fitness industry and there was a niche that was missing right Uh then. We went to all these conventions and we were like, there are so many great formats. And I will say right now, I love all fitness formats. I think you should do lots. Like I never say like high fitness is the best, you know, I mean, 
I love it. And yeah. I love but I think there's so many ways and you have to find like what you're passionate about um, and mix it up. So I'm just going to say that. So people sure. are going to be like, all she likes is hyphen. Um, but we felt like we, what we could feel was there was a niche missing and we wanted a class that was both intense and gave people like a kick butt workout, but also fun and left them feeling like happy and like that was so much fun even though I almost died and like it's this weird like complex thing that's how I felt yeah (laughs) so we what we did is we took like there is basic it's basic fitness moves so you've got like lunges burpees squats you know all those things but put to fun music and so there's like four to five moves per song and you're doing both cardio and toning tracks and cardio pushes so you're like doing that hit training where you like spike up the heart rate with the cardio and then you come down and burn out the legs that spike up the heart rate and so it follows this formula that allows you to get that hit training so mm-hmm. it's like more beneficial you know than just steady state cardio mm-hmm. um, but there's no equipment so it's just nice you can show up you can do it anywhere and you can burn out those muscles. We wanted something that was more toning. Um, but set to just fun music where you can just like sing and let go and not have to think so much about the choreography. Yes. So people, I, I mean, want to think, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a dancer. I mean, I get that. My sister said, if you had a penny for every time someone said that, you'd be rich. I think that happened a lot more in the first year. Mm-hmm. But once we established ourselves, I think people understand now. Okay. You don't have to be a dancer. Like this is yeah. what we have done is we've taken old school aerobics from the eighties, right. which we both kind of trained in to begin with, um, and made it modern. Mm-hmm. So it's an aerobics class. Um, and I love when I teach to older, um, women who are around and they were like, we did this, like, this is exactly <laughs> what we did, but safer, right, you know, right. and more with like, intentional. Modern. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. We, intentionally, we took aerobics and we've made it modern with, you know, the burpees and the tuck jumps and, you know, all those things that kind of apply more to fitness today and made it a bit safer. And so, um, one of our taglines is aerobics is back bigger, better, higher. I and that's really, it. um, been fun for us to use that tagline as we've kind of expanded into different areas and made it known. So to kind of backtrack a little bit, we started and it just kind of grew with just the two of us teaching at her in Calgary, me in Utah. And we decided to hold our first instructor training in Utah in January of 2015. And this is just, I mean, 16 girls signed up. I still can't believe it. But 16 girls signed up, and they are still, almost all of them are still teaching three years later and are killing it. They're amazing. So it's so fun. But we now have certified over, I think, 1,100 instructors across the United States and Canada in three years. So it's been fun. I bet. I bet. And you're empowering these women to use their passions that are similar to yours and giving them an avenue to do that. That yeah. just must feel so incredible. Yeah. So we have two kind of like, you know, things that we're working with. We're working with just participants, people who love high fitness. They love coming to the classes. Um, I think the thing that people say the most is just like, oh, it just makes me feel alive again. Like we've mm-hmm. heard of people coming out of postpartum depression. Um I have an older lady who's been to my classes since day one for three and a half years and she's gone off for migraine medicines. And I mean, she's 70, like she comes. So whenever people are like, Oh, I can't do this. I'm like, 
No, like we give options. That's the right, thing. It's called right. high fitness, but we say like when in doubt, take the jump out and we make it modifiable for all ages, levels, stages. Mm-hmm. And so I have men, women, older men. Like I'm I'm not kidding when I say I have six-year-old men in my class. Um, <laughs> I have 18-year-old girls. Like we really do. And the music, we try to pick, you know, everything from like Donna Summers to Taylor Swift. And then you have some ACDC. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. appeals to the masses. Um, obviously, the 90% of our class is women. But amazing. Um, and so we have that sort of side of it where it's, you know, the participants that just want to come and release and let go and get a good workout. Like no one wants to go to the gym and leave and be like, eh, I kind of sweat a little bit. It's like, no, I have an hour away from my children and I'm going to make it count. Like mm-hmm. we're going to make this count. And I think that's why it's been so successful. And um, we've seen tons of weight loss. But what we always try to focus on, if you ever look at our social media and whatnot, is the way it makes people feel, they change from the inside out. Mm. And we always wanted to be different. When it came to our image to society, we wanted to create a culture that was inclusive, made people feel a part of something, made them want to be the best versions of themselves rather than fitting into a certain mold of how you should look and how you should be. Mm. And sometimes like in videos of instructors and people will be like, well, they're all tiny and fit and da da da. And I'm like, yeah, it's hard because they teach high fitness seven times a week. So yeah, they do. They do look really good. You know what I mean? But we do have like all levels. Um, But that comes, it does come. People lose a lot of weight. They tone up. But what comes from the inside, I'm like, yeah, but you don't know their backstory. You don't know that one of them had addiction problems and has come out of that. You don't know that another one had postpartum depression and lost all this weight and because of high fitness feels like herself again, you know, because those Mm. are the things that we really care about and how we want it to be different um, because we find as you scroll through social media, it's a little, it's a little much and we yeah. like, like to see it, but at the same time, it makes us feel bad about ourselves yeah. that we're maybe not enough or whatever. And so we just wanted this, like, just throw it all away, just come and just let yourself be and be with these people that have like-minded goals and, and just kind of, I don't know, be a part of something. And we're just so happy um, that people, whenever people ask me, you know, about it, I'm like, I'm just happy people like it, like something (laughs) that I'm so passionate about. That's all I can say, you know, like, I'm just happy that people enjoy something that I'm so passionate about. That makes me happy. Right. And to be, yeah, to be a part of that and to be spearheading this mission that is really changing lives, that has to feel just so incredible and so uplifting to you in your own life. Is there anything right now that you are struggling with, whether it's the business or it's the the mother, full-time working mom life? Like, what's your biggest struggle right now, Emily? Um, yeah, I would say balance. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's gotten a little bit better. I, w- I would say that the first two years, I was literally buried. Mm. Like, I, like, I don't think I came up for air <laughs> for two years. Like, I was just like – between my family and the business, I mean, I was just, just turning along and I'm sure like I was so bad to some friends and stuff like that, but I just, it just came, my family was, you know, first when after I've been so busy and then, um, as it has grown, it's hard because my kids are getting older and you don't, I don't want to miss out on things, you know, like I want to be there, but then this is also so important. So like, it's that inner struggle, but I will find that balance is, that's the hardest, but this past summer we brought on some help for the first time 
And that has been really good for me because I think just in terms of thinking, okay, if she takes them for a couple hours, like I can have focus work time and then I can kind of put it away for a little bit, you know, and then I'm more like efficient and more concentrated on one thing and then the next. And Mm. I'm still really bad at it. I'm still working um, because we have amazing like participants and instructors but uh, but they're like our friends too in a way you know so you want to get back to them you want to respond to them you want to help them but sometimes so it's so hard to shut that off because it's so much more than just like shut off my computer you know right and because it's like I'm teaching classes and I'm a teacher and I'm in front of people but then people don't understand there's a whole different world where our website's crashing and the back end's not working and I'm sending out emails organizing trainings and conventions and you know, loading videos and filming videos and editing videos. And so it's, it's a balance and Mm -hmm. I think I'm slowly getting better at it, but it's for sure my worst struggle. Yeah. Um, we're getting ready to open an office here. Um, Wow. Which I'm really excited about. I, everything's in my house right now, which is fabulous. (laughs) Uh Um, no, it's great, but, um, an office and I'm really excited about that because I do think it's going to help me with my balance even more. When I'm at the office, I'm doing this. And when I'm home, I'm doing this. And I think it will be really good for me to separate it. But, you know, for everything that I feel the mom guilt for, I also, my husband is really good. And I will say both Amber and I always say 100%, we could not do this without our husbands. Mm -hmm. They are like the most supportive. In fact, when we felt like, oh my gosh, we can't do this. They're the ones that are like, it's fine. The kids are fine. We got this. We support you. Aren't your mom's amazing? Like they build us up and not once make us feel bad or tear us down. And I think that's a game changer as a woman in, in the work field or as a business owner, when you have a supportive other half, it's 100% the only way you can make it work. Well, and I think too, like since turning the cooking over to your husband, I'm sure you're very appreciative and celebrating that and telling him how awesome mm-hmm. he is. And and so I think when we recognize what other people are doing for us, they do more of it, right? So not yes. that we're just trying yes. to exploit them and, you know, have them take over all of our, our duties, tech, you know, quote unquote, our mm-hmm. duties. But when you're appreciative and you're recognizing like you're a team and we're both contributing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's in different ways. Yes, it's at different times. And sometimes I'm away from the home and sometimes he's away. And when you're just appreciative and recognizing people, they don't feel like they're being left behind or like they're not mm-hmm. being seen. And so I'm sure that go- has gone a long way in creating that that team aspect in your home, even with atypical roles, like you said. Yeah. And I will say that my husband's helped me recognize this a lot, but in ways that maybe my kids are getting disad I don't know if you want to call it a disadvantage. Like maybe I'm not home every second. And I, I will say I am home a lot. I work from home. Like mm-hmm. I'm with my kids all day mostly, but um, it's different. You know, I'm not there for everything. And when I travel, but for any part of that on the flip side, what they get to experience that a typical kid maybe doesn't and the benefits of, you know, I, I'll try to take them to an event and make them feel special and they'll come on stage with me or yeah. just through the different people that I've met, the friends they get because of these people I've met through high fitness and the things that they get to experience. Sometimes I'll take them on a trip with me and they get to come with me and see a different part of the world. I mean, there's definitely pluses and negatives. And I think if we just focus on the positives and making the memories and 
honestly, as a woman, going with your gut. Mm. You always have to go with your gut. If I can feel that my kids are needing me, I just put it away. You know what I mean? Like, or you know what, this trip, it's not going to happen. I got to send someone else. Like, it's just, it's too much for my family. And both Amber and I will do that. You know, we were just planning a trip not too long ago. She was supposed to come to California with me. And then she ended up having to come to Utah for the weekend before. And I'm like, you're not coming. Like yeah. you need to be home. And, and it was meant to be like a couple of her kids got sick. She got sick and it's, you know, and that's the thing. What's great is we love each other. We respect each other. Our husbands respect us and we can do that. We can make those decisions when, you know what, this isn't right for my family right now. I'm going to pull back a little bit mm. or I'm going to go on a vacation and I'm going to shut off for a little bit and we support each other. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And, and too, just going along with that, we're teaching our kids how to feel about things. Like we're kind of teaching them how to assign feelings to mom works outside the home. Dad cooks in the kitchen. So if it's like, oh, dad's not supposed to cook in the kitchen, but he is. What is that? What's that teaching him, you know? And, oh, mom is working outside the home. She must love me less. Or mom's working so hard. Look at her. And I get to go to work with her sometimes. And how fun is that? We're educating them. And so it's really the impression we give to them about these events and about these choices that will raise healthy kids, whatever that yeah. looks like. It doesn't have to look traditional, but you mm-hmm. they can still be healthy, and, happy and kids. And you never know what life's going to throw at you. So making them aware yeah. of different situations and well-adjusted rather than just these stereotypical roles. One of my favorite things my husband always says that has been like a lifesaver for me instead of like um, – like when I go teach, like I used to teach so many nights, just, you know, at the grind, you call it the grind at the beginning. I mean, I was everywhere, you know, I've cut back on nights a ton as Mm -hmm. my kids have gotten older and I don't need to anymore because we have a million instructors to teach for me. So it's great. But, um, but my husband would always say, look at, say goodbye to your mom. Aren't you so proud of her? She works so hard. Like, I'm, aren't you so proud of her? And that was like, so nice to me rather than saying your mom's leaving again. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's such like a, a flip that could be there. And yep. that's been really good for our family. But that's huge. My, my girls are great. They're very well adjusted. They love other people. They love new experiences and friends. And I think it's been a huge blessing in all of our lives for sure. Well, I just think you're extraordinary. The way you've built this business to, you know, convey such positivity to so many women out there, but it really has started in your home, you know? And I think that you're giving that same mission in your four walls, which I think is just so admirable. Way to go, Emily. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Thank you. So I don't I don't think I'm very extraordinary. I'm just, you know, living my passion, but it's very nice to be on your podcast. <laughs> Most, that, so. most extraordinary moms don't think that. So that, but that does not take away from the fact that you absolutely are. And we, that is what we see from you. So Thank you. I always ask my guests one final question and it's this, what would you tell your pre motherhood self? I would tell my pre motherhood self to relax. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, just relax and, oh, oh, that's hard. Um, And I would also tell, I would tell her to relax and enjoy moments just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of times um, I was so, like, intense or, like, caught up. You know what I mean? Just feeling anxiety about certain situations and, like, I was telling you when my daughter went to sleep. Just, like, you know what? It'll end and it'll be okay. And I think 
and I think that even with the different stages of life right now was really crazy for my family, really crazy. And it's a different sort of life. And I think, but this is a stage yeah. and it's going to change. And next year may be totally different than it was this year. Yep. And as we add to our family, whenever that may be or whatever happens, you know, it's going to be a whole different sort of chaos. And, but yeah, I think I would tell my pre mother self to just, that everything is a stage and that it will end mm-hmm. and that, you know, just try to just relax and enjoy and, and cry and be sad if it's hard and acknowledge that, but it yeah. will end at some point. We'll just use your high fitness class as a metaphor. You start out, the music <laughs> is peppy, you're feeling good. And then after that first song, your lungs are burning. You're like, and your arms are up for a whole song. Emily, that's mean. It's mean. <laughs> but then at the end, you're like, I did it. It's over. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I kept my arms up. So let's just use always, that as a metaphor always, for life. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I always say in the middle when we do our cardio push peak, it's yeah. like two cardio pushes. But I'm always like, I know you guys don't like me at all right now, but you're going to love me when this is over. And yes. I'm like, even like tonight later when right. you think about it, I promise you're going to like me. Totally, <laughs> totally. And we do. Emily, where can people find you online and to find your classes and just to follow you because you just are darling. Oh, thank you. So I am at, I am High Fitness Emily on Instagram, and our our business page is I Love High Fitness, um, and that's kind of the same thing on Facebook. Same thing. How does Facebook dot com? Mm-hmm. I Love High Fitness and High Fitness Emily, and mm-hmm. I just like to share my life, my children, my classes. I am so normal. I'm not your typical fitness Instagram. I won't be showing everything I eat. I eat donuts. I eat cake. <laughs> um, but I like salads and I like good food ideas. I like good exercise. But, you know, I just try to keep it really real. That's mm-hmm. one thing with my Instagram. I don't try to do anything not organic. I am who I am and I'm a big dork sometimes, but <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's a good time. Well, that has endeared me to you, and I am glad to know you. And, and now that you're traveling a lot more, if you're not in Calgary or Utah, there's far more opportunities around the country. You're in yes. Southern California often. And, and so if you're following along, you can see where there's pop-up classes and things all throughout the country. So if you're yes. not in one of those regions, that doesn't mean you can't follow along and, and even participate. Yes. And on highfitness.com, um, we have instructors all over. So, and slowly popping up more. So that's highfitness.com. You can search classes. Okay. Um, perfect. Yeah. I love it. Emily, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. You are truly extraordinary. And it was just so fun to get to chat with you this morning. Thank you so much for having on. It's been fun to kind of explore different topics than I normally do. So I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. Have an awesome day. Okay. Thank you. If anybody's going to get you to work out, It's going to be Emily. (laughs) If you aren't previously familiar with her, check out her Instagram and you will see that infectious smile that she has going on, that positivity. And I just love the message that she is spreading to the high fitness community. Way to go. I love when women go for their passions and use it for the betterment of others. There is just no greater thrill than that. So Thanks, Emily, for being on the show. Everything we talked about today, pictures of Emily and her family, will be over on ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com, as well as show notes and info on all the other episodes we've had thus far. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. 
This Friday, we have a really interesting episode coming up. It's with Ayelet Marinovich, who is a speech and language pathologist, if I can say that correctly. Maybe she can work on that with me. (laughs) But she talks about how intentional parenting and doing activities and And having positive quality interactions with your kids, even as toddlers, as early, even in the infant stage, can really developmentally enhance their ability to develop those speech skills and social skills and things like that. So she gives tips for and lots of resources for if your child is developmentally delayed with a speech issue, but she also addresses parents of any age who are helping their infants and their toddlers to start to gain those speech skills. She is a wealth of information. I learned so much from her, and I hope you'll tune in this Friday for that episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. Thank you for all the reviews you've left. We are almost up to over 100,000 downloads for this month. I would love to hit that mark. Um, So if you love the episode today or any of the other episodes of the past, I would love if you would share this show with a friend, share the episode directly to them one-on-one, show them how to listen to a podcast if they don't already know how, share it on your social media. Be sure to tag me so I can give you a virtual hug and kiss right back. It means so much when you're sharing the show. I'm hearing again and again from moms every day who are so, so grateful for these stories and these encouraging women that they hear from every week. So thanks for being on the show, Emily. Thanks to all of my other guests and for you guys for listening. We'll see you next week with another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.